everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for May. Because it's still May, but it's gloriously sunny outside. And um, going outside in the sun has a certain amount of risk involved in it. And you've really got to question yourself. Are you the type of person that likes to maybe... Do you like a bit of risk? Are you the type of person that maybe takes the risk out in the sun? Are you the type of person that just boldly steps out in the middle of the road? Are you the type of person that maybe considers purchasing stocks and shares from potentially dubious uh, companies in order to maybe hedge your bets, increase and lower their value, and then at the end of it, tap out with a small fortune? If you are that third person, then maybe you should be potentially looking at a game that's out on the... Kickstarter just now called Forks and that is well the company's Radical 8 they're a little bit radical but they're uh, they're headed up by Mark Stockton Pitt so hello sir hello thank you very much uh, yeah brilliant introduction as always <laughs> <laughs> we do try our best um <laughs> how are you first of all this um, has been a session hasn't it trying oh, to get this yeah, to, yeah it's been it's been a long time in the making this I think of uh it's been hectic at school the past few weeks uh, where I work, um, oh. but it's good to finally do this. Yes, yeah. it it's like an, it's the sun is shining. Oh, I can't hear the I can't hear the birds because of the double glazing, or the ice cream van, so the kids can't get an ice cream. So it's all good. It's all always all good. Um, you've got the Kickstarter is doing well. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking well. at. I'm I'm taking a look at it just now. Um, and you set off with kind of like the the dizzying the dizzying goal of about two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> yes, and it's currently like it's sixteen hundred and five pounds. Now I'm going to try and do the maths here, so yeah. it's almost six six times. Yes, approaching seven times. It's the actual uh, goal. It's doing phenomenally better than I thought it would. Uh, Why? I. I was very pessimistic about price. I think, obviously, it's my first Kickstarter, and uh-huh. my main goal uh, going into this, there were, there were two things. One was release a brilliant game that people would love to play. But the uh-huh. second goal, which I think was more important to me, was not do a glory to row. And essentially, <laughs> everything I did beforehand, <laughs> I spent a lot of time on the game, you know, play testing it, designing it. Yeah. And then probably yeah. just as much time looking at all the different manufacturing options, all the different shipping options, <laughs> everything I could just to make sure that no matter what happened, you know, I wasn't going to end up really poor. And so I managed to get the uh, the manufacturing price uh, quite low. Um, I, was mm-hmm. reading, I was reading the, uh, the Stonemaier blog, which obviously a lot of people who do Kickstarters read about. Uh, what should you set your goal as? And it's uh, it's just, I was thinking, I'm going to put some money into this to make sure I've got some copies to sell afterwards. So if it does fund, yeah. uh, I yeah. can sell copies at conventions. Uh, then it's thinking, how much am I going to put into that? Therefore, how much will I need to make to go with that to, to make it viable? And uh, given, like I said, everything I'd looked at, I thought 250 quid. Yeah, I, I can do. I can put some more money into that. That's fine. I can make it. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where I I could have gone a lot higher, um, but there, there was no need to. Like, I think if that's your goal, that's your goal. So, yeah. And then people. So you want one of these people? You want one of these people that kind of said, right? I'll go. 
I'll set the goal at two fifty, mm. so I could then say, "Oh, look, we're fully funded within seven and a half minutes," kind of thing. <laughs> it basically the two fifty means that if you just funded at two fifty, everybody was getting their game. That was kind of regardless. Then, if 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 it hit two fifty, I could make it send out to people, and then mm-hmm. I still have some left over uh, to sell at conventions to still turn a small profit at that point and definitely not a profit considering the spent costs but those are some costs at that point that you know you're not going to get those back if you don't fund at all so it was mm-hmm. i did have some people uh, there's some comments on facebook saying you know that's you know that's very low but there, there's a lot of things like i say it, it's putting in the research and thinking that's all i need the, the other issue was um i, I was I'm very pessimistic. I've, I've put the promotions out there, gave it to people, but I was still thinking, well, how many people can I rely on to back it within the first few days? Because that's, that's it, isn't it? It's, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I was interested because I played it, mm. you know. I mean, yeah. the, we've actually, we actually met, we met at Aircon. Yep. Um, where you were at the kind of the, the playtesting kind of tables, oh, um, and then we we both went on and we uh, we played uh, Mister Naylor's game, yeah, the the mag magnet, the yeah. first city, and yeah. uh, that was a game and a half, and it was very very fun, <laughs> and kind of like I had a I had a really really good time, except my brain, it must have been that middle to the end of the day because my brain was just going. <laughs> Yeah, I think your, your dice rolling was pretty poor as well, if I remember correctly. As one would take a picture of the dice, because yeah. I think I managed to roll about like what five ones or so. It's like there's no technically, you know, you've got more chance of getting struck by lightning while wearing a duck <laughs> than kind of rolling the dice. That I think because it was. I really felt for James because I think he was watching you thinking, "Oh God, what, what are you going to say about it now? What are you going to say about it now?" And I thought, "Oh, because oh, oh I was, I, haven't... I was having a fun time. I was getting decent rolls, building my stuff." Yeah, so you were. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that I was, was like living in some kind of shanty town because I can <laughs> I just couldn't build really anything at all. It's like six dad six dice. I had to roll like threes or above or something like that just to I decide. Two kind fours, of... fives, or sixes. That was it. Yes, and I just rolled ones. Yeah. Just rolled ones all the <laughs> way through. Um, taking things back a bit, because we're oh, yeah. gloriously out of structure, which is fantastic. Um, but it is, you know, it's a sunny, sunny's day and structure doesn't always matter. How did you, <clears throat> how did you get involved in kind of like the, the kind of the hobby Kind of thing you said. I mean, it was. I mean, was it you do? Was it you do? Kind of away from the work so you doing I'm during a maths teacher. All uh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a maths teacher. Um, and uh, board. I mean, it's maths teacher and board gamer. Those. Those are the two things really. Uh, I te- teach maths during the day, board game by night. <laughs> a, a terrible superhero. Uh, it's kind but, of like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that I teach maths, um, and you probably see that in Forks and uh, some of them. Mm. You know, obviously, it's a heavy number game, but uh, now I do. I play a lot of board games. Um, um, there's uh, your club called Beyond Monopoly. Play there mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, going there for many years now, actually, quite a long time. Uh, and it, I think it's one of those things. You know, you play a lot of games growing up, then. You know, you, you stop play, stop playing of university video games and just stop playing board games, and then you you find the I think you play a modern game, and the first one I remember playing oh, it's many years ago now. It's before as a teacher. Uh, it was Bang. And Bang was a game that actually got me back into gaming, uh, and after that, it was just you just go through them ravenously, don't you? You know, you, you rediscover them and you just play everything. Uh, then join a games club. And that's it. Just play loads and loads of board games. Uh, so that's how I got back into board gaming. Uh, and then designing. It's one of those things where I feel like, to me, I want to make things. 
you know, you play a game, I want to make a game, I want to design, I want to do something Mm -hmm. like that. And so uh, started making games and uh, then one of them, Newspeak, got picked up by Inside the Box. And so that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, that That was back at Aircon. It's one of the first Aircons, actually. Uh, when they were down in Bradford. It's really funny because I saw I saw somebody um, pitching to Peter at Aircon, yeah. sitting down and kind of going through the gear. I sat down and went, all right, Peter, how are you doing? And he's like, looks at me quickly with his business face yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. pleading eyes saying, please leave me alone, I'm trying to be professional here. <laughs> and there was a guy kind of like pitching the game at the same time. Um, <clears throat> I think the inter- most interesting thing um about Newspeak, the first campaign, because there was a first campaign, there is a story behind that. Oh, absolutely. Is that it's the first kind of campaign about um, kind of, I guess, kind of a big brother that was affected by cave-ins. Um, <laughs> yes. Because there was a bit, um, I think, um, and I, we should talk about it quickly, because basically there was... Um, and Peter was on the show to talk about it. There was there was a couple of kind of outstanding issues with Subterra at the time, and um, Peter, for you know, decided at the time he was going to jump in and launch Newspeak, and then ended up kind of cancelling kind of Newspeak. And I think everybody at the time was concentrating on kind of Peter's thoughts, his feelings, his emotional his emotions, how he kind of felt. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember hearing a peep out of you. I mean, you, that must have been a bit of a... It was, how it did was, you feel at the time? It's a tough one. Well, it's, it was me uh, and actually one of my uh, friends, Fiona. Uh, mm-hmm. She she came into the fold. So I came up with the initial idea. Then she came into mm-hmm. the fold. We worked on it together. And we pitched it together. Um, and we actually went down to London for the initial launch event. It was uh, straight out of school, down to London, on the train, <laughs> from the north, to this launch event. <laughs> Uh, St. Trinian's does board games. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we were walking around, and it's funny because we, we, we sat down to play the game and to see uh, the changes because we, we were involved at the start with a lot of it, but just because of um, the work, but also the distance. Mm. Uh, it's really hard to do that kind of thing, um, you know, through Skype and over the phone uh, in terms of mm-hmm. designing and playtesting. So. Uh, it's mostly, you know, Anthony took it and ran with it. Um, and we, so we got down there, we were playing, going through all the changes. And we're talking to people, of course, no one knew who we were. So it was yeah. great. We were able to hear people talk about it. And, you know, some people loved it. I remember one person who was complaining there were no minis, which is, uh, you know, six stars in a nutshell. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know where you'd put them in a game. Um, so I've and- got your mini right here. <laughs> And uh, no, it was, it was a really good evening. And I do remember uh, talking to Peter, who's he's very confident. He's he giving me the reasons, you know, this is why we launched launched mm-hmm. in the morning. So people in the UK will back it, and then people in America will back it, and the rest of it. Um, and I do remember um, throughout the day, because I was part of the, I was listed on the collaborators on the Kickstarter page. And throughout the day, I had to mute my emails and just not check them because there were so many emails coming in asking about mm. uh, terror. And so yeah. I think that was the first inkling that actually something's not quite right here. Um, and then obviously it wasn't going as well as they wanted to, and that was pretty obvious the next day. And then they pulled out, and I was gutted, I think is fair. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'd anticipated it. Uh, when I started to see those emails and started to see the funding slow down, I thought, okay, I mean, this isn't, it's not going to reach the heights they want. Are they going to can it and relaunch it? Are they just going to let it go and see where it ends up? Or are they going to can yeah. it and maybe not relaunch it, which was always an option. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad they went for the option they did. Uh, I think, you know, Peter's learned a lot from it. Uh, he, he knew he had to get some terror sorted uh, to come back stronger. And it's a fantastic game, so I'm really good. Would you it. have, would you have brought it back to Kickstarter? Was there an option if, because I'm lo- I'm looking for it just now. Is there an option for you to have taken it back 
away from from you know ITB and say yeah. I'm just going to do it myself if that's okay. Was that ever a kind of a, an option, or did you just say I, right, I, okay? I think it's something which, if they weren't going to launch it, it's something I would have looked into, but it's not something mm. I wanted to do uh, with that game. And the, I mean, the, the terrible thing, which I should not admit at all, is I lost the contract. Actually, I've been looking for it in my house. I thought, oh, I should look at that. And <laughs> can't find it anywhere. So, in terms of, can I take it back? You know, I hope Peter doesn't listen to this because I, I don't know where it is. Um, I'd have to, uh, you know, that's one thing that would have been on the contract I signed and foolishly forgot to take a photo and copy off. Uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to. It, a game like that, you know, it's very art intensive uh, and the changes mm. I've made, uh, you know, some of the things Annie's putting especially are fantastic. The um, the pacing and the way there's, there's not this runaway leader issue with it now. It is really good. So I think if they weren't going to launch it at all, I would have taken it back. Um, but I don't know what I would have done with it. In all fairness, I mean, I think sometimes things happen for a reason. Yeah. yeah. You know? And whatever, you know, as I say, I mean, Peter was on and we spoke about, you know, in fact, he was actually coming on the show to talk about kind of like the new speak campaign just before it. And he says, well, actually, and that's when we did a very kind of heartfelt episode with him talking about the challenges that he had with, you know, with uh, Subterra and stuff like that. But then obviously Newspeak then came back um and if it, it, it did fund. It was the right time, and people, were, you know, everything seemed to have been squared away with Subterra, and you, you kind of did, you did kind of quite well. Did that, in its own turn, did that kind of push you to then say, right, let's get Forks? Yeah, the it was. I think. I think the initial working with Peter. So I went down to Inside the Box, um, and obviously I visited them. And I worked with them, and I, and I saw what he was doing. And I think there's a, a lot of designers make a lot of games. You pitch your games, mm. and you know most of them don't get made. And there's one thing which I was finding was you'd, you'd give a publisher a game, and they would take it, and you'd have to wait a long time to get stuff back from to hear anything back from them. And and after visiting inside the box, I thought. This is something which I could actually do. I, I thought, seeing how they operated, I might be mm -hmm. able to do it often. And I'm always one to push myself. You know, I, I want to try and do something new. And I thought, this is, this is it. I'll give it a go. So I wouldn't have launched Forks or anything like that if it hadn't been for meeting inside the box. Uh, there's a, I talked to a lot of designers. Um, it's, I feel like designers tend to congregate together and talk to other designers, especially at conventions. Um, mm -hmm. And it is a case that there's some people, you know, that they, they have these really good games, and for whatever reason, they they feel like they can't go with them. So you know that they they don't want to do the Kickstarter thing, and I think that's fair enough if you don't want to do it. But yeah, everybody, you know, if you want to do it, there's there's nothing really there if you, if you can put in the time. Put in the graph. There's nothing there that can stop you, and so I thought I'll give it a crack, see if it works, and it did. So, mm -hmm. I th thank you. I think for inside. I mean, thank you for inside the box anyway for for doing the great job of Newspeak. But you know, I, th I do feel like working with them. Um, yeah, it inspired me to to go out on my own. He's very enthusiastic. Oh, I mean, yeah, Peter is Peter is kind of like. Um, He's very, very he's, there's an awful lot of energy to him, and he's yeah. very, very kind of friendly and energetic, and it's an infectious kind of energy that's to him. And you get the feeling that he's going to get stuff done. He's not 100% sure how it's going to all come together, but he's definitely 100% sure it's going to get done one way or another. There's some kind of determination to kind of, you know, to continue to, to bring the games to it. And it's kind of manifested itself in the other things that, you know, ITB are kind of doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, because he draws, I know he draws a lot of people together. He's doing the SN uh, tape. I don't know if he still does that, but I remember yeah. when he was. And it's, you know, I think he, he, he does a lot of good. 
Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did Forks come before Newspeak, or was 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 Forks kind of like a muck around kind of five minutes, oh, I'll, well, like, I'll make that one day, or, or was it, you know, or, they, they or both, did it come as a direct? Yeah, they, they both started almost from the same place of right. trying to strip back things to that to, to really simple versions so i think you know designers of your first games are just this total mess of mechanics uh, which which lasts for three hours and they started to streamline things strip things back mm-hmm. and you speak was essentially what if you had to communicate with somebody but the other people around the table had to not understand what you were saying so you had to talk in code that was basically how it started and it developed from there uh, Forks began as a, um, I want to, it was actually began as, as a twist on a traitor game where the, the basic mechanic of drawing cards and then giving them to another player, then keeping a card and putting one in the middle, uh, which is the, the base mechanic of Forks. Uh, but the idea was that there was one company and the good players had to keep the company in profit. And the players who were uh, the traitor uh, had to try and sink the company. So, you know, the traitor wanted to put in low cards and the other player wanted to put in high cards. Um, and, and the idea really just came about how can you get information to determine who is a traitor uh, and mm-hmm. generate arguments. And I thought that sounded good. Uh, so I uh, made a very rough copy of it. Um, didn't quite work just because the, there weren't enough choices in what to do. Is If you were good, you pretty much had one thing you should do. If you're bad, you should pretty much have one thing you should do. So went on the back burner for a bit. And then I brought it back out is, is I think a couple of years later, uh, for us doing one of those 18 card micro game contests. You know, can, can you make a game oh, for me yeah. on a board game geek? And so I adapted it slightly for that. And it was better. It was, it was a lot better. Um, and, uh, this time every player was out for himself. Then I adapted it again, and I actually the, the thing that gave me the inspiration to change from one company to uh, multiple companies was uh, the Wibel deck. You, you, you must have spoke to Bez, uh, mm-hmm. and it's Wibel Plus Plus deck it was looking for new games. Uh, you can play with that deck, uh, which is a, it's a fantastic. I, I really like that pack of cards. Um, it, it's just a brilliant creator. It's like here's this fantastically designed pack of cards make some games with it uh, and so i made a version of forks um which uh worked uh, and in it's uh akin very much akin to what we've got now actually um and it was it was actually it was fun to play but it just didn't quite work with the numbers uh, i sent it to bed some people loved it but it was just a bit mm. too chaotic with the deck as it mm. was and that's when i thought actually if i change this i can make uh, I can make it uh, with, with the deck that's specific to it, you know, choose the cards. This could actually be yeah. a different game. And uh, my first thought with actually, so I, so I changed that and I got the deck and I thought uh, that maybe um, of, uh, again, pitching it to a publisher. But then I thought, actually, I, I don't want to do that. This is, it's a, it's a good game. Um, and I don't need, you know, somebody, I've, I've played this enough times that I've played it with people enough times to know that, it, that it's, it's a really good game. And it's also small enough, and it, in terms of the artwork requirements, I thought this is something that if I'm going to self-publish anything, if I'm going to start a company, start publishing games, I want to start with something small. I want to start with something where I'm not going to go bankrupt if all goes wrong. I don't need to you know, work with China, uh, which, you know, I mean, that would have been a nightmare <laughs> if I'm given the mm-hmm. tariffs that you know it's one of those things yeah i can keep it (laughs) thank you (laughs) Uh, i just yeah i saw that and then i just went there's going to be a lot of angry people and there's like because they were asking at work about Mm -hmm. it and it says but surely like do folk buy games from china it says no that's not the point it says a pretty much every single kickstarter i know bar probably yourself and maybe um Emma from MR Studios, they get their stuff kind of printed over in China. 
um, which it doesn't affect us because we won't have the tariffs. Well, it might potentially affect, you know, affect well, the UK guys if China turns around and decides, well, you know, um, that will yeah. just put our prices up across the, across the board and it's definitely going to affect all these people that are getting their stuff manufactured and have just got their prices through. It's going to affect, I think we'll, we won't have it direct, but there's going to be a knock-on effect for any, because they're not going to shift all of the cost onto American Kickstarters, are they? That's they, They're going to try and shift some of that you know, onto the UK. They're not going to say, oh, put it across everyone. People in the UK rather than Americans, because they, uh, yeah, people will kick off. So when, when I saw that news, I thought, I'm glad I went with something where it's, it's printed in Europe. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, the thing that really helped me actually was, uh, in terms of, in terms of getting the cost base down and everything and, and manufacturing was the boxes, uh, cause lidded boxes are really expensive. I, I was looking around <laughs> to find manufacturers for those and the, and the box the, the single tuck boxes, um, they, I mean, I could, they're cheaper, they're a lot cheaper, but I thought actually I do want something lidded and, uh, I I met Jackson Pope a few times, and on his his website, you know, he does the whole flick fleet. Yeah, flick fleet, and he's handcrafting yeah. the box flick flick fleet. So I was looking up, you know, how does he do it? How does he handcraft boxes? And I got in touch with him, um, and yeah, I was, I've been practicing handcrafted boxes, and they they're lovely. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those things where. Are speaking to people and again it's talking to the designers and it's some of the they never think to do because you know most people it's you, you get the game you choose a single manufacturer and they're going to make everything that's it they you know they make yeah. everything send it to you and again just trying to like i said my pessimism uh thinking well hold on what if i only sell you know 25 30 copies what, what am i going to do meant that i thought well hold on the cars from this company are the cheapest, but their boxes are pretty rubbish. Um, and a lot of people think that. I think I think you've got the box there, and it, it falls apart. So not, just it's sourcing things yeah. from places, put them together myself. Um, yeah, and it's all this. You know, I, I can do it. I've got all the materials. I've practiced it. Um, you know, it's yeah. I can't remember what the first question was now, but, but that, is it Germany? Is it Germany where you're getting them printed? Then are uh, you getting them printed Italy. in the UK? Uh, I'm getting Italy. the cards printed. Yeah, cards printed in Italy. Uh, mm-hmm. cards. It's. Um, I was looking at getting them done in the UK, but it's again, it's a price factor at that point. There's, it's about twice the price um, for the card printers here, um, and then the boxes. Like I said, I can make them myself. But actually, given the quant- given the amount of people they're backing, I'll probably just get them uh, produced um, elsewhere for the litter boxes, um, and then put it all together myself. I-, I did have somebody on Facebook tell me repeatedly um, that he-, he said it's-, it's a bad idea. You can get things printed on demand. Just get things printed on demand, and you know, it's <laughs> a kind of unsolicited advice. We think actually, I-, I have researched this a lot more than you. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's um, it's kind of it's kind of really we're in a kind of a difficult area. I think we're going to start to see a little bit more manufacturing kind of heading mm. away, not away from China necessarily, but actually heading back into kind of UK bound. I just, it's almost like I don't know if there's been enough print houses out there that looked at the board game situation and thought. Technically, this is this could be something that could, you know, make us a bit of you know make us a bit of money, especially with you know delays, inevitable delays and stuff like that, and quality. And I've had people that have had their stuff manufactured in China and said, "Look, if I did it again, I'd probably go to Europe." Yeah. Instead, based on the kind of the prices and based on on the kind of the the cost itself, um, let's talk about gameplay. Yeah. Okay. Let me talk about gameplay because your claim was any Scottish idiot could teach people how to play forks. So here I am <laughs> in my idiotic form. Basically, the idea of forks is that you will have 
there's a there's a tab there's a set of cards on the table which dictate the kind of the the market prices for the stock of the different companies that are there okay you yourself will have a hand of cards which will probably contain at least cards from each of the companies each of these cards will have a number on them which which basically dictates the stock value what will happen is you'll have a draw pile and every round you will um Ideally, it's um, well. When we played it, it, was three. You know, ideally, it was three players. But what you'll have is you'll draw a card, and one card you will, um, one card you'll you 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 keep. You'll pass the one card or the two cards on to somebody else. They'll decide which card they're going to have, and then the third card is basically used as the market card that gets added to the market. And what it effectively does is it will. Either it will help to either lower or increase the price of one of the companies. And as you play and as you get towards the end of the game, when everybody's kind of played the cards and the, and the, the kind of the trading time has finished, um, you'll then be able to see who has got the highest, you know, which has got the highest value, which has got the lowest value. And I believe that what happens is the lowest value company is basically scrubbed and gone. Um, and then you've got to basically you base your kind of how you win is based on the companies that you've got left in your hand, which are still viable. Who's got like the the best, the the the, the highest valued kind of card within that collection? Is that kind of right, or is it almost right? Yeah, you're almost right. There's there's a few yes. things that the smallest company or the, the the lowest value two companies they're not scrub. It's it's much worse. They're worth negative points. So ah. actually, it's it's a lot more. Uh, brutal. It's a rather thing, and I, I'll take that's worth nothing. You're actually your options are usually, to, you know, if you take a knight that's going to be the lowest company, you get negative nine points. It's significantly worse. <laughs> so it is a lot more vicious uh, when you pass the cards around, um, and yeah, and then you sum them at the end. But otherwise, you, you've got it. There you go. Okay. You know, and I've got nothing to do with the design of the game. But it was um, incredibly kind of intuitive and very, very quick at the time. In fact, it was you, it was me, um, and it was another just random gentleman who agreed to sit down and play. And it was one of the things within about, it must have been a couple of minutes, you knew what you were doing. And then it was it was a case of am I overcomplicating this or am I just no no, you take this card you take this card this goes into the central market, and then we keep playing until the kind of the, the cards finish and then we we can you know and you could affect the market or sometimes you decided to play a card so you would affect the market, and sometimes you had to hold on to the cards to say right if this is the ones that are um are high are the highest rated then I want to make sure all my cards are the best and and you know and it was very very. It was a bit tense, to yes. say the kind of least. Um, there's slight different versions of the game that you've introduced as well. You've introduced additional kind of yeah. cards and um, yes. is it additional mechanics as well that you've introduced too? Yeah. During the, the, some of the later playtests, uh, I think what some of the playtests wanted a bit more control over it. And so we introduced, uh, there's, there's two different variants, merge or swap, because we, we tried playing with one, a rule whereby when you pass two cards, you keep you can keep both of them and inv- and mm-hmm. discard or invest any card from your hand. So that way, your hand can change throughout. If you, if you've got some really bad choices at the start, you can kind of undo them later on. So there's a bit mm-hmm. more control there, uh, and you can think a bit more long term. Um, so we played with that, and it was fantastic. It, it, we played it. We thought this is it's gone from being just a knockabout game where you don't maybe need to think to something where actually you can think about it. Uh, and then we tried another variant. So we, we did that. We played it a few times. We thought this is really good. Probably going to go with this. And we did another variant whereby when you draw three cards, you can swap one of them with one of the cards already down, um, mm-hmm. which means that when the companies are out and you think, actually, I want to take from that company, you can take that card or you can sync companies. You can put more companies in play and at this point again it was it you had more control but the cards in your hand stayed in your hand they didn't change and 
and so at this point it was more control on your turn but maybe less overall long control but they're, they're both of them were a lot of fun we tried them together just too much just too much so that's why mm. you, you can play with one of them or the other um they're, they're both play despite the mechanics staying almost identical but for that one rule they actually feel very different um and it's it's just one of those things where you know you can play i think i've, I've called it strategy against tactics because one of them is you can think long term i mean it's a short game but you can think you know you're going to have a few goes in it you can think i'm going to do this this turn mm. and i might be able to get rid of it next turn or the turn after and the other way when you draw your card you can sort the companies out and so you can actually think tactically oh, i want to sink this company for whatever reason so they're both brilliant but i when we played them together we just couldn't get it it was just too much um so yeah i think it's just uh yeah really nice changes how have you found marketing it from a point of view of being i mean did you jump on the new speak coattails at all when you were kind of introducing it because i know that you kind of mentioned it in passing that you designed i did i kind think of new I speak like when you're first setting out if you're saying you know i this is my i want to start publishing uh games this is a game that i want to publish no one's yeah. heard yet, you know no nobody knows you. you need something you need some kind of actually i've done this you know actually here mm-hmm. i have been published or you know i have done i've been involved in this uh almost an air of legitimacy uh or, or something mm-hmm. just people in and say okay that you know i have done this um listen to this and so I did use it then. Uh, it's a very different game, and I didn't want to, you know, dwell too much on it because, uh, you know, I don't want to say, oh, if you like Newspeak, you'll like this because they're just they're completely different. There's, you know, that wouldn't make any sense at all. So I, I did it to begin with, um, especially talking to uh, podcasters like yourself or any, anybody else um, who might have you know, heard a new speak or might think, okay, you know, you're not just someone who fancy, you know, you're not somebody who's going to chuck up an idea, kickstart with no pre-thought. Uh, but after that, it's just, um, <laughs> after that, it's just been me posting as much as I can on Facebook and Twitter, which <laughs> is pretty much, that's, that's what I've done a lot of. Uh, and it's actually, that, that's come really well because um, I was looking at, where a lot of the people who've bought the project have come from, and there's been there's been a few places, um, but almost all of them are you know there's people who I who are no real life people from the games club, but you know local reach can only go so far. A lot of it has to be yeah. through social media, and so yeah, that's that's where it's come from. So what's the price on the what's the price on the ten then? What's the price of entry if I want you know? What is the minimum share buy-in <laughs> in order to get your hands on a copy of Forks? So uh, the pledge is £12, and that includes postage in the UK. Uh, it's uh, extra postage for US and EU. And, well, all, all over the world you've got to pay extra, but UK is just £12, including postage. For people unaware in the states of the conversion rate, that only works out to be three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so just feel free to feel free to kind of um, you know pledge away, get fifteen copies. It's only going to cost you yeah. nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not true at all. But um, in terms of kind of. I don't know. In terms of accessibility and how easy it is to get to the kind of the table, what it struck me as is it's I can see it being one of these games that you'll either say, Well, let's play a couple of rounds while we wait for everybody to kind of turn up, or it might be one of these games which is almost like a socially kind of casual game. Um and I mean that in the nicest possible way, is that I can see you kind of like saying, Okay, there's six of us at the table, you know, three of us play play tabletop three of us don't normally bother let's oh, what's this all about you know and you can have you know a couple of games each and just slowly introduce people to it it was fairly accessible from that point of view um and also it's um 
the art itself is quite striking as well in terms of it's been it's simplistic. I think there's a tendency sometimes when people do like their first kind of small project, especially if it's maybe a card game, is to kind of try and kind of emulate the Sistine Chapel <laughs> in terms of the art in terms of the artwork. So you can you end up with um, you end up with cards where I've got very, very busy kind of real estate on them. Um, and it can sometimes detract from you actually going, oh my goodness, look at the, how complicated these cards are. And I think, um, you know, the card presentation for getting somebody to go ahead and play is, is kind of, um, is very, very important. Um, in terms of going forward, I mean, this is going to fund. I mean, as yeah. I say, it's funded. We're not having a, you know, go ahead and pledge. If you pledge, you know, if you pledge, how long have you got to run now? Is it still about 20 days? Yeah, it's going to, it's going to finish the week after the UK Games Expo. So I, th- I think it's June the 11th. Um, although I need to check the right. on that, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of time. Okay. Okay. Um, what's the plans next? I mean, is this kind of, I mean, obviously to, 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 not obviously, but to get Newspeak kind of going through its journey and get it funded, and then that must have given you a bit of confidence, but then to push it forward and you to kind of put out your own game and for people to go, well, I mean, oh yeah, I'm definitely I'm going to go ahead and back that. Now let's make no bones about this. You've got 1,600 people back, you know, £1,600 going through at £12 a back. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, that... <laughs> If you look at the raw monetary amounts, obviously there's, compared to all the Kickstarters, it's it's a bit small, but it's it's a it's 150 people, I think, or it's a, I think yeah. it's which is it I, I genuinely uh, astounds me. Um, <laughs> uh, so after this, what I want to do, uh, there's actually two things I wanted to do. The first one um, was I, I wanted to do a new game, uh, and mm-hmm. I mean a game that has not been done before at all because uh, uh, a lot of games and i'm not criticizing any games here because you know most games are fantastic but they are refined versions of other games and i want to create something which isn't a refined version no, i want it to be refined but i want it to be have a mechanic that is not used in any other game that's that's my goal um and i've got i've got a thought in mind about that uh so you're not bringing algebra no, in the board no, games, no, are you? No, algebra, not maths. Uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing that comes from I'm a just, classroom. I want to. You know, be wanna... sitting there, kind of like being a maths teacher, saying, "Oh, let's bring algebra in the board <laughs> games," because you, you folk are having just far too much fun. Let's right. get some. Let's get some AB squared in there, and let's see how you do, how you do well. <laughs> you know, I think some people would. Very few, but some people. Now, I, I, my plan, <laughs> I want to make a game whereby it actually uses the location where you are, as in the game is played in maybe different rooms. And and I've got I've actually been working on it for a while, uh, and it's um, it's something where I think actually it is going to be new, and it might be this glorious failure that in playtesting just pulls apart. But I want to do something that is different it is just completely different to everything else that is out there in terms of gaming which you know is is one of those grand statements that people make but actually um that that is that's one thing i want to do is it's what i've been working on um and then i'm working on forks and but it's it's always been there as as the goal essentially um the other thing i want to do is uh when i was at aircon there was another guy there playtesting a game, um, which was, I, I've been thinking about it more and more. I joined in the playtesting session. Uh, it's called Die of the Dead. And it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like the finished product, but it was, there was something to it. And um, I want to, he doesn't know this yet. I need to tell him, but I do want to help him with that. I, I, I don't know if any publishers have picked it up, but. It's, I've been thinking more about it, and I think I could see this game being big. I could see this game being big, and I thought, you know, people, p- 
speak to help me. He, he took new speaks on, and this was before Subterra got big. So, you know, it, was, yeah. it, it had a couple of, I think, Statecraft had, had funded on Kickstarter. And I just think, yeah. like, well, this guy has made this game. It's actually, there's it definitely something to it. So if I can help him, even if it's just play test with him before he pitches it, he wants to go for big publishers or in some way. Um, it's that kind of thing, you know, just just when you see someone with a really good idea or, or nice game or something they've been working on, helping them out. Cool. Yeah. If people want to, um, if people have listened tonight and they said, I, you know, they want some help from you. Yeah. If they're like, Mr. Stockton Pitt. Did he do that? See, when he talked to you, did he pronounce the second part of your surname like it's spelt with 15 eyes? There's one lad who you sounded exactly like, actually, from my old school, as he used to say. He, he always used to put the emphasis on the eyes in Pitt every time. Uh, yeah. Mr. Stockton Pitt. Can you help me? This isn't working out, this equation. I keep getting X equals minus 72. Um, I mean, people can ask can people- about that, because I, I can definitely help with equations. <laughs> they should definitely help with that. Um, but we're, if if we're not, so in other words, so if people are interested in help getting help with maths, um, or math, if you're American, it's a plural thing. It's not just, there's one, not just one thing in maths. It's not you know, there's lots of things in maths. That's why we don't call it math. It's maths. Sort it out. Anyway, where do you exist on the internet webs if people want to talk to you about mathematics and games? The uh, best thing is probably uh, my mm-hmm. web, radical8games.com. Uh, cool. You know, a bit of maths there. Uh, and uh, Facebook. Um, either Mark Stockton Pitt or Radical 8 Games. It's on, on Facebook as well. Um, both of those things, uh, th- there's my email on the website and obviously Facebook, just contact me um, and I'll I'll do what I can. If it's, I was going to say, it, if it's about starting out in Kickstarter, because I do feel like I am starting out in Kickstarter and I've read everything and I've tried to follow all the advice and I, I think it's worked well for me. So... Uh, I can definitely share. So far, <laughs> so, so, so far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, absolutely not. I'd love to hear from anybody who, who wants some help with anything. Uh, absolutely. Excellent, excellent. What we'll do is, as normal, we will take these links and we will put them in the show notes so that we have got notes to show. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to. Just go to the Googles and you search for We're Not Wizards and you'll find us in various places, worn out places, worn out faces. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at We're Not Wizards, on Facebook at We're Not Wizards, on Instagram at We're Not Wizards. If you put a dot .com on the end, you'll find our website. If you put a blog spot in front of that, you'll get our blog. Um you can find us in all the places like the podcast catchers that use the word pod or they use the word cast, except Spotify, which uses neither, but we are on Spotify as well. We're on YouTube too, but that doesn't have pod or cast, but that's nothing to do with podcasts, it's to do with videos, but you know, that that is how it is. Um, if you want to support us, there's a couple of ways you can support us. Um, there's merch you can buy, you know. But you don't have to help us by giving us money. You can just tell somebody else that we actually exist. Because the way that the show grows is by um, telling other people, you know, tell people that you like. Tell people that you don't like, that you know, hate board games and just kind of push them in the direction of the podcast. And, you know, because they'll end up wasting 45 minutes of their life, which is always a good thing. Um, if you do like us a little bit more, jump onto Apple Podcasts and consider giving us a rating or a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or a review, um, <clears throat> don't give us the square root of 100 because it'll make us big-headed. <laughs> but don't give us but don't give us the first prime number because it'll make us cry. <laughs> give us something in the middle. Like a five. 
because it's average. Well, no. In fact, if there was a five, <laughs> a four, and a six, <laughs> then the average would still be five. So I'm taking this math. So I hope you're appreciating this, by I the am, way. I am. Because it's first, average. First prime number, you did mean two, didn't you? <laughs> Is it? Yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's not one. One's not prime. Oh, stop it. So you ruined everything now. Uh, so the person who's the person who's and the person who's not been average but went a bit maths teachery on me in the end. Is <laughs> the rather wonderful, rather fantastic Mr Mark Stockton Pitt. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. For, thank you very much for coming on, sir. I really, really appreciate it. Um there's only two more things to do. The, um, the first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not mathematicians. Are we mathematicians? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wizards. Are we wizards? <laughs> Mark? No. No. Definitely not. Um, and the second thing is to say goodbye. Thank you very so much. So goodbye from Mark. Say, go- say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye, Mark. Uh, and, it's <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes, and um, as Obi Wan Kenobi said to Luke Skywalker, um, "Don't be playing that rubbish card game. Uh, use the forks." <laughs> but until the, ne- <laughs> but until the next time. <laughs> Goodbye. A wizard is never late. <laughs> Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.